Welcome to 10 Minutes With. It's a podcast for people who want to listen to podcasts but don't have all day. I'm Therese Main and I'm a notoriously fast talker. So get ready for a quick chat with someone you might be interested in learning more about in 10 minutes or about that long. Today we've got Austin French. He's a pretty young guy with a new baby, a new album, and a new book. So since we're in this new season in life, let me ask, if it weren't for the pandemic, what would you be doing right now? Oh, I miss people. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss I miss hanging out with people. But honestly, I'd probably be on the road. Uh, we had a tour that was scheduled for right now. So uh, I would be crazy busy in the midst of doing the things for the book and, and the album that are just coming out. And so, yeah, my life will be crazy. I'd see a lot less of my family. And uh, and so to be honest, I'm actually really grateful to be sitting in my living room right now. And my 10 month old baby girl is crawling on the ground over there. And uh, this is actually a really sweet time for us. How many kids do you guys have now? We have three kids. We have uh, two boys and a little girl. They're five, three and 10 months. They can't spell the word sleep, let alone do it. So we <laughs> we're tired, but we're uh, we're having fun. Do you argue about who's more tired? I just read that first-time parents in the first year, they argue 2,500 times, and the number one thing they argue about is who's more tired. Listen, I, my wife is way more tired than I am. She she is the mastermind behind this house and behind our kids. and uh, Yeah, so I, I do what she needs to get done around here if she asks me, and I try to help as much as I can, but she doesn't sleep hardly at all, especially with the, our little baby girl getting up a couple times in the night. So, yeah, she's definitely way more tired than I am. She wins that one hands down. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about you growing up? Because you have been in this role of leading a family for a really long time. Yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy. I, I, In a way, I feel like a little bit of an old soul because of the way I had to grow up pretty quickly. My my family was in ministry. My dad was a worship pastor. Mom was a music teacher. Um, and we were the perfect family at church. But at home, it felt like World War III broke out. And as an eight-year-old little kid, actually, the last thing I wanted to be was a Christian. And uh, because I thought Christians were pretending and performing on Sundays. And then every other day of the week at home, your life was falling apart and uh, was spent in fear and chaos and craziness, but it had to be quiet. No one had to know about it. And, uh, I didn't want to live two different lives. So as an eight year old little boy, I actually wrote in a notebook, I will never be a Christian. Hated him. Um, and then it wasn't really it, because the way I grew up, my parents got uh, a divorce when I was eight, um, went through a lot of craziness. My mom now single mom with three kids doing every job she could. Uh, it kind of got crazy for us because we realized, okay, we have to help mom pay bills. And so as an eight-year-old little boy, I remember going around and knocking on doors, like, can I wash your dog? Can I mow your lawn? And uh, then I found out that you could sing in talent shows and win money. And um, and so my whole family would do this. And we tried to give our, our money to our mom to help pay for groceries and bills. And um, so, uh, yeah, I kind of became the man of the house, uh, of the house at like eight years old. And it was crazy. And having to grow up quickly, um, it definitely definitely made me understand things a lot more now as a, as a dad myself of uh, having to grow up pretty quickly I knew the responsibility of a home and what needed to be done to get things done and and things like that that I think some people my age still haven't maybe gotten there yet or haven't started a family yet and we started pretty young uh, but really I started at around eight years old trying to be the man of the house and 
stepping up where my dad stepped out. You sacrificed a lot of just good old fashioned childhood. Are there moments now with your sons, especially that you're like, oh, we're going to walk all the way into this kid oh, stuff yeah. because you didn't get that? Even subconsciously, I don't realize it that uh, like yesterday we got a memo from our kids teacher that Cub Scouts is starting up and I was never allowed to do it because I had a single mom that couldn't take me to these things. And, and, and my dad just wanted to go to baseball games and, uh, and then he lived in another town. So, uh, once they got a divorce, so I didn't get to do things like Cub Scouts or, or things like that. I had one parent who had to teach all day and I didn't get to do those things that parents get to take their kids to. And so, uh, you know, like even now I'm like, Oh, good Cub Scouts. This would be so cool. And secretly I want my kids to do it because I want to build a, a race car and like, I want to go camping and I want to do all the things I didn't get to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think I do try to create a space that I didn't have as a kid, um, to really lean into like, Hey, go build a fort and like go play in the backyard and let's go camping and let's do all the things that I really couldn't do, uh, because I had a single mom. How is your relationship now with your parents? How have you walked through that healing? For a long time, I felt responsible for my parents' divorce. Um, I remember when I was third grade-ish and my mom checked me out of school after a really night, a night that was really terrible at her house. And she checked me out of school and this story is in my book. And um, she looked at me and she was like, I don't know what to do. And as a little boy and uh, we were, we went to Shoney's for lunch. She checked me out of school, took me to Shoney's. And I looked at my mom and said, mom, I just, I, I want peace in our home. Will you please leave daddy? And I didn't realize that I would carry that for the rest of my life. That that's the day my mom went and filed for a divorce and left my dad. And subconsciously I planted that seed of, Oh, this is my fault. Uh, this is my responsibility. Uh, so I carried that for a long time. And in my relationships, I felt responsible for my sisters and my mom's well-being. And if they weren't doing well, it's because I wasn't trying hard enough or doing enough. And uh, honestly, I didn't get set free from that for a long time until I was married and went to counseling and uh, finally figured out that I had been carrying that for so long. With my dad, uh, my relationship with him was pretty non-existent after the divorce for a while until I got saved when I was 13 years old. Um, I, I called my dad after I got saved and said, dad, I think I'm supposed to love you. And I think I'm supposed to forgive you. I'm not there yet, but I want to be one day. Um, and it took all the way to 18 years old till I forced myself into a car ride to Louisiana with my dad. And my dad looked at me for the first time and said, I'm sorry. And that was the moment our relationship kind of finally healed. So now, you know, I talk to my dad all the time. My mom, uh, our relationships are, are a lot healthier with each other. And there's been redemption um, in our story. For a long time, it was dysfunction. It was messy. It was broken. I hated it. It was hard. But if you let Jesus invade those spaces and get uncomfortable uh, and talk about the mess and talk about the heartache, and own up to the parts that you're responsible for, um, Jesus can really heal those things. And I've seen it play out in my own life. How about your reconciliation with Christ? How did that happen? Ooh, I was 13 years old. I went to a music camp to learn how to play the guitar so I could get girls. And I wanted to be like John Mayer. And uh, I went to this camp and a guy got on a stage and he said uh, these words that changed my life forever. He said, don't judge Jesus on the broken people he came to save because broken people hurt broken people but Jesus wants broken people. That day I realized I had judged Jesus on all the broken people in my life that had hurt me, that scarred me, that wounded me. And I had judged Christianity on humans. 
instead of judging Christianity on who Jesus really was. And uh, so that day I met who actually Jesus was. And I realized he died for really broken people like my dad, like my mom, uh, like everyone who shamed us after my parents got a divorce, like everyone who ever hurt me and just like me because I was broken and fragile and I was hurting a lot of people too. And that's the day I, I found the healer of broken people. And that was my reconciliation with Christ was realizing I had never actually met him. I knew a lot about him and I knew a lot of people who said they knew him, but I had never met him myself. Did music help you get girls? Uh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, no. So music, and it kind of goes all the way back to uh, my parents' divorce. Honestly, music has always been a part of my life with my mom teaching at our home growing up. So music was like my coping mechanism was the thing that I used to kind of communicate what I was feeling. And uh, I was terrified to do this, like talk to people. And so when I got saved in when I was 13, uh, I realized quickly that I wasn't going to get girls by doing music and uh, or at least the, the, what I thought would happen. But I realized the greatest thing had just happened to me. I'd given my life to Jesus and it was healing me. So I started writing music uh, for my friends to tell them what had happened to me because I was scared to death to have conversations. So um, a lot of people ask me, like, Did, what, what was it like for God to call you to Christian music ministry? And I'm like, man, to be honest, I'm just I was just trying to communicate what had been done the most honest way I could. Um, and so I wouldn't say it was this dove coming down from heaven saying, you are a Christian artist. It was saying, hey, use the resources available and tell your story. Um, and that's what I've been doing. And, um, and so even today, I write music about my life. Um, that's how my book kind of came about was I was just trying to tell the stories behind the songs that I had written. And it turned into, wow, I think I have to start at day one. Um, to really let people know what these songs really mean to me. So uh, a lot has happened, new music, even in the midst of the pandemic season. Um, we finished a record, I finished a book, and uh, a lot of craziness is happening in my life of just all these things that I get to express and tell the world about what Jesus has done and what he's still doing. Austin French has a new book called Jesus Can, and you can win an autographed copy. Just email win at FLN.org and tell us why Austin first signed up for Music Camp. We'll select five winners from all correct eligible entries received by December 11th, 2020.